Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. We are in part four of our series, Principles We Live By. And uh, these are principles that have guided us through the years and really been a rallying cry as we've gone through life's trials and tribulations, highs and lows. Thankfully, a lot more highs than lows. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you're enjoying it. Um, but before we jump into that, anything exciting going on in your life today, Dr. Connie Borden? By the way, this is this is Dr. <laughs> Connie Borden and Lance Borden on the Totally Transform podcast today. Well, we have a date for the next um, Freedom Friday seminar, which is August 24th, 2018. On a Friday, you can go to Totally Transformed forward slash events and register. You can go to totallytransformed.org if you just want to read about the day from the last time we had it, March 9th, and also register by clicking on um, the events tab there. There's several pictures there too. You might want to add to that if you want to clarify that. So tell your friends, family, um, church leaders. Um, Also, as I announced on my radio show yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, that uh, sometimes people that have been want to come back. I've had many people tell me the principles need to be reviewed. It's not that they're so complicated. It's just, I think we're veiled maybe in our minds or um, we're so inundated with negativity that it takes maybe a few times through reading the book or the seminar. So that would be good too for review or if you're trying to get equipped to help people because I don't know anybody that doesn't run into hurt people today, uh, bound people with strongholds, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It's all around us, um, that type of thing. So anyway, uh, put that on your calendar, August 24th. Don't delay in registering, because we expect to fill up. Um, and, you know, you sent a blast out to those that had pre-registered, so don't so, delay, is what I'm saying. Yeah, so if you want to attend our next Freedom Friday, again on August 24th, 2018, go to totallytransformed.org. You'll find it there on the homepage, where you can click to register and read more about it, or you can go directly to totallytransformed.org slash events and, uh, and catch it there. So uh, we would love to have you. It was a great event last time, and uh, it'll be even better this time. So we're excited to be heading in that direction. So principles we live by, you've got some pretty, as I like to say, pithy principles to share today. And so what's your first one? I don't know, but I like that word pithy. I like to say it pithy, P-I-T-H-Y, right? Right. Okay, uh, the first one, um, I just, I mean, I'm reading a book right now, The Emotionally Healthy Woman. Uh, her first quit, I could t- I tell you the author, but I can't remember her right now, but you could find that on Amazon.com, is to um, quit pleasing other people. And that goes with what I'm saying today. Uh, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 12. The principle is... Uh, I I memorized it as a scripture, so I say it as a scripture. He who compares himself with themselves and among themselves is unwise. The actual scripture is 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Uh, Not that we have the audacity, Paul's talking, to venture to class or even compare ourselves with some who exalt and furnish testimonials for themselves. So he's 
talking about relating to people, obviously, in the church. But then he makes a statement. However, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave unwisely. And um, this is a hard principle to get in this uh, comparative and uh, achievement-oriented society. Um, And I think we probably all deal with it all of our lives in some measure. But uh, there's no other person like you, whoever I'm talking to. There's no other person like me. There's no other person like you, Lance. So I think what we can take out of this scripture here is if you are always competing or comparing what you have, what you do, how what you accomplish, either for the kingdom or just in life with other people, and sometimes this comes from being hurt, competition being um, started in schools sometimes, and families, among siblings. He who is best gets the prize, sports, grades, you name it. Um, we want, I don't know, Seth, maybe you can comment on this at your age, because you're in your early 40s. You've lived a long time, too, now. Um, how do you teach a child to do their best and to achieve, but to also know that they are unique And if they compare themselves even with themselves, um, I think what Paul is saying there is our standard is only Christ. And so if you look at yourself and you don't measure up or you measure up too well, it can be either way. You can feel rejected or you can feel better than everybody. Um, That's unwise. And if you measure yourself against other people, Um, because this is a strategy of the enemy, because there's always somebody richer, poorer, better looking, uglier, whatever is the comparison that the enemy wants to put in your mind that makes you feel that you don't have as much or you're not as good or you're not as content or whatever. Again, that's unwise because the standard and the um, benefit of life and supplying our needs should be coming from the Lord. Mm Um, it's probably more difficult, I think, probably in the United States than anywhere. Because, I mean, you know, the mantra is you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to be, uh, do. You can make as much money as you want to make. Those, Have it your way, the Burger King slogan. Right. And those that don't then make as much money or have do as well as what somebody else might do in whatever the criteria is, money, things, whatever, cars, positions, then feel like, what's wrong with me? I live in America. I'm free. I can have it my way. I can do anything I want to do. Why is that not working? So uh, that's that's a really important principle. I recommend that you memorize the verse. I memorized it in the Amplified one time. Um, I have two chapters in my book, Say But Not Free, on performance orientation. Um, I just think this can be a um, subtle but powerful stronghold. You know, it it's not like drugs or alcohol or nicotine or um, sexual lust, but it can still just be as controlling, you know, and as addictive and as uh, discontent making, I guess I want to say, you know, potentially if that's what's going through your head all the time. How do I stack up um, rather than you stack up the way you were created. I mean, do your best. I like this saying. Here's another saying that might go with it that a second grader said with to me one time that I wasn't planning on saying, do your best and God will do the rest. 
uh, it is a dependency on the Lord, right? Right. And um, I, I don't know. I think when we we're very nearsighted when we look at what I call the tip of the iceberg in people's lives, it looks like they have, it looks like they do, it looks like they're better, but people don't understand. They don't understand potentially what that person's going through or the cost it took to get there, uh, whether it's in ministry or whether it's in position, whether what, what, they, do, what they have to deal with or handling, handling a lot of money. All those type of things, when it's a wish for and you haven't walked in those shoes, you know, walk a mile in my shoes, another saying before you criticize or choose was a song, walk a mile in my shoes. It, we only see the, the benefit. Right. And then what amplifies the problem is, of course, our Facebook world, which is essentially a highlight reel yeah. of everybody's lives where people can make their lives look as good as they want to. Absolutely. And you're left without the details and yeah. without any of the bad parts. And so you were natural. We would we naturally look at other people's highlights and think that's the way their lives are all the time. And and you can unfortunately get depressed looking at that because you're like, oh my goodness, they're on vacation. Oh, they just got a new car. Oh, they just had a baby. Oh, they just got a new house. Oh, I'm not having any of that stuff go on in my life. Yeah. You know, and you either forget all the good things that God has done or again, you're just seeing the highlights of everyone else's lives. Well, I've actually heard that sometimes people even are deceptive on Facebook. They say and all say things that aren't even true to make themselves look or feel better. I, I hope this is a good thing, and I'm not putting down people that are on Facebook, but I used to write a Christmas letter. I quit that about maybe eight years or so ago maybe less, um, because I felt like it was kind of like what you're saying. We went here on vacation. Here's all the good things. Yeah, here's the good things. Usually if, you know, there was a surgery or sickness or something, I would give the Lord the glory or something. But I finally thought, you know, just wish people a Merry Christmas and we're thinking about you. (laughs) Don't don't go into it. And I'm not, again, I hope no one's taking this like, if you do that, it's kind of like Facebook. People think, well, this is a good way to be socially connected. And there's no doubt that it is. But what we're talking on this show about, again, as usual, is the subtle but powerful strategies of the enemy that takes a good thing and tries to then make it a bad thing for your thoughts or your life. Yeah. And so, um, at any rate, don't take any of those things as something <laughs> it's bad to do, but just be aware, think about it. Like I tell my clients, think about what you're thinking about. Uh, is the thought uh, from God? Is it principled in the word? Is it from Satan? Does it make you feel bad? Um, you know, and then try to go to the truth. Again, it's never that you're never going to have negative thoughts. We live in a very negative world. But then the maturity, another saying I have, is not how long it takes you, or it's not that you react, it's how long it takes you to go from a reaction to a response, which is a lot of self-soothing, self-talk, self-word, self-awareness, right? Yes. Um, You know, I wanted to offer our listeners a remedy or a potential solution if, if you struggle with comparison, and you know you do. Um, first of all, that's, that can be miserable, right? Yeah. You know, to constantly be looking around and thinking that everyone else has it better than you, or like you said, even the other way, when you're 
thinking yourself superior to others, having to do that in order to make yourself feel good, uh, that's really miserable too because that's always short-lived and obviously not looking at people in a loving way, right? Right. Um, to me, one of the greatest remedies to this is Second um, Corinthians 10, which says to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you find yourself, and you have to, like you you often say, think about what you're thinking about. Yeah. You've got to take an inventory of your thoughts, and we all should do that in this topic uh, to see where we're at in this regard, to say, do I do that? And if so, when you catch yourself doing it, to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And so since this verse says, um, also in Second Corinthians 10, which this is a little further down that you read earlier, to not to, that if you do this, if you compare yourselves to others, you're not wise. Um, remember, wisdom is all throughout Proverbs as the paramount thing to pursue and to have. Mm-hmm. Right. With, as I was telling my kids earlier today, the uh, value of wisdom is more than if you could have every toy at Toys R Us. Yeah, you know? to put it on their level, right? And, and the actual scripture says silver or gold. Right. Right, yeah. Rubies, diamonds, whatever mm-hmm. you can imagine, cars, homes. So if it's not wise to do it, then we really need to arrest our thoughts and take them captive and make them obedient to Christ by, as you were saying, making Christ our standard. Yeah. And we all know we could never really attain Christ's standards in anything, but we can always be striving for it. As he said, be perfect as I am perfect. And we've defined that perfect heart. You're not holding offense against anybody and you're not walking and practicing without repentance, right? And so... You know, um, the reason why he's our standard is because you can say, if you, if you are going to compare yourself with anything or anybody, he's the one. And you say, and yet, it's not a perfection that you're achieving to even with him. It's am I more dedicated, uh, fruitful today than I was yesterday and not as much as tomorrow? I mean, try to put it even in small quantities, Um rather than what might be down the road, you know, because, again, hopefully you're just, as we talked about in a former song uh, podcast, you are significant today with what you're doing today, with who you're with today in the present. Um, so, again, another byproduct of comparison is um, thinking about if only I could. It's really thinking about the future, or if only I had, right? Yeah. Rather than thinking, hey, what are my opportunities today? Who am I with today? Again, right. and also, do you know the Jimmy Evans sermon that he did a few weeks ago in our church? Because that really expands this principle. He didn't say it uh, as a principle, but he preached a whole sermon on comparison, which um, I'm going to listen to again because he jam-packed about four sermons <laughs> into one. About And one thing he said, I'll just say... It's in, called... It's called Overcoming Comparison. It's May 12th if you go to the Gateway Church audio podcast. It's gatewaypeople.com they go to? No, you just, well, or, if you're listening to this podcast, you can just go into your iTunes podcast app and put in Gateway Church audio podcast. And one thing he said that he develops, and we develop a lot, is that it's rooted in rejection. Comparison is rooted in rejection, where you never did really feel valuable and good about yourself because of abuse or how people treated you. And you do have to deal with that. You do have to heal or else these subtle but powerful strongholds um, then 
affect you all your life, right? You know, I can hear somebody saying, well, what's the fun in that? You know, like, well, that's no fun to not be able to, you know, try to get a better car than my neighbor so I can feel good about it. (laughs) Or what's the fun in buying a nice new house if I can't, you know, go over to my friend's house and think, oh man, my house is better than this house, you know? And I can see where you can become addicted a little bit to comparison the other way, right? Yeah. Saying, oh, well because I've achieved this, because I'm now the VP of whatever, because I make more than this amount, I'm now better than so-and-so or such-and-such or my childhood friend who told me that they were always going to be better than me. Look at them now. Ha, ha, ha. You know, what's the fun in that? It's kind of the keeping up with the Joneses mantra that I, I think a lot of people are driven by. And if you take that away, you could say, well, then what's the point? What's the purpose of life, right? Well, I think you're saying two things. I think that we can enjoy the blessings of the Lord, and that is fun when we're blessed. But if the whole motive of your heart is to be one up on, it's, it goes back to like I was saying on the radio yesterday, out of the heart comes the issues of life. What is your motive? And if the motive of the next nice blessing you're enjoying, which all comes from the Lord, I don't care what we've done we, we do do things, we have degrees and we work and, you know, we work, like I said, my second grader said, do your best. You have to do something and God will do the rest. We just don't sit around and wait for things to rain on us. But once you do that, do you still give the glory to him, go back to him and still say, Lord, uh, you know, you feel almost, um, what's the word, like you, why me, Lord? Why are you blessing me so much? I mean, that kind of right. heart right. and humility then will keep you in in good stead. And then in that same sermon we just mentioned, he did talk about um, rejoicing with those that rejoice. You know, can you rejoice with other people that have blessings and things that you don't have? And if you can't, maybe there's a a jealousy or a comparison or a competition, you know, well, Which, I think it speak it could speak that the motive or it could speak to really the condition of your heart, yeah, right? You, yeah, like it hopefully if if that is the way you are, and I, I'm afraid that we're all this way to a certain degree, and we need to stop it. But if that's what drives you daily, you know, you only work hard because you want to buy the next great thing to to show up somebody else, then, you're setting your affections on things below and not on things above, right? Right. And so that's a good litmus test to say, well, wait a minute. What's driving me and my purpose probably isn't what, uh, is probably not Jesus-centered. Yeah. Or kingdom-centered. There's there's no doubt about it, and there's a series on uh, TotallyTransformRadio.com about um, the fact that success, you know, we're either surviving where we don't, we're not on top of life at all, or success, we're stopping at success to mediate wounds, or we're significant, you know, and there's a cost to being significant, definitely a cost, as we just said before, you only see the tip of the iceberg if somebody is um, successful either in ministry or in this life. But the point is, do you want to be significant just in this life? And do you stop there? And is that your goal? Or is it eternal? Is it, uh, like you said, gold and silver, or is it wood, hay, and stubble? I had a very freeing realization in worship at church recently 
where as I was worshiping, I just had the realization that it's so sh- such a short amount of time until I get to be in the presence of Jesus for eternity. Yeah. And I was happy about that, right? Right. I think there was a time in my life where I would have felt like, oh, I don't want to... haven't done this yet. Yeah, yeah I want to... Yeah. I want to... Um, I want to live a long time because I want to experience everything that the world has to offer, so to speak. And, yeah. But the point is, is that it's, I looked forward at this short amount of time, realizing how short it truly is until I get to be in the presence of Jesus. And I was excited about it. And I was like, man, what a cool place to be, to be able to look forward at life like that and therefore not be afraid of death. Yeah. But almost be looking forward as I get older rather than the old, oh man, it stinks to get old and looking at it as a positive to say, man, it's not going to be that much longer and I get to be with Jesus for eternity. Yeah. You know, that was that was exciting. And so to your point of we may be looking at the wrong things if we're, if our drive is comparison, you know, I think where God wants us to get to is where we look forward to eternity and not uh, look at it as, you know, a scary thing or a fearful thing to get towards the end of our life and frankly to be ready at any time because life is fragile and fleeting and we really never know what we have left before we do meet Jesus in our eternal judgment. Well, and another thing that I had a revelation about um, recently, um, which I really haven't covered much in a sense of what makes people grieved or discontent um, you know, we, we've named all the things that we're talking about here or this principle. But another thing about us, like you're saying, is if you really have a relationship with the Lord, you're going to be discontent in this world because you're going to see the abominations to the Lord. Right. And you're going you're going to, I'm sorry, be somewhat grieved about what is not pleasing to him. Right. And so if that's the case and you're yearning for heaven, that's really should be your heart. While simultaneously, I mean, if you're too content in this world, I think, if you're too content with the way things are, when things are really probably the worst they've ever been in morality and stuff like that, then you might check your heart on that. Right. But what I'm saying is, I would like to say that you can get to a point of healing and contentment and clarity and joy. And what I'm talking about there is from past wounds. Mm-hmm. And that's what we minister. Right. But we're never going to feel fully fulfilled right. until we reach heaven. That's true. Until we rule and reign with him. Until Satan is bound forever and we don't have to watch and see things that are grievous. Right. That's good. That's really good. I think what we'll do here is we'll, uh, we we plan on doing uh, multiple principles we live by <laughs> That kind of uh, gotten, gotten into a, that kind of got along. Maybe that was, I mean, I won't say maybe, I'll just believe since we prayed that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, this is a really good one and I think worth the time to spend on it. And so, um why don't you close us in prayer today as the Lord leads you speaking specifically to the really the sin of comparison and um, agreeing with our listeners for overcoming that. If that's something that uh, they struggle with the Lord Jesus, we do come to you in your name because that name's the name above every name. 
And we know that you know our hearts. You examine our hearts. We're exhorted in the word to examine our own hearts. Um, And like we said, what we believe is the soul, which is the mind that thinks, imagines, remembers the will and emotions, is the segue to the heart. So out of the heart comes the issues of life, what a man can conceive to believe he will achieve. So Lord, I just pray for our listeners that this will be an exhortation to come back to press into you about who they are, where they came from, where they're going, what their significance and purpose is on this earth, and maybe even uh, repent if there's a comparison or a competition all the time, or that's what they're thinking about, uh, or they don't feel good enough. Because, Lord, you said that you impart your sonship and your daughtership to us, and we are daughters and sons of the Most High God. What else could we really desire? And then after that, you say you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So we tend to get connected to things, people, events, and circumstances, and that's a lifetime process of um, examining our hearts while simultaneously we want to, as my book says, be free. We want to be free to enjoy your blessings and to also know that we are peculiar. This earth is not our home. We yearn for ruling and reigning with you, and we grieve over the things you grieve over. And that's a good thing. So we ask that you would forgive us, forgive this nation, heal us, as Second Chronicles 7.14 says, to be about what is significant for you as long as we remain in the earth and have life. And that's what we want to be about. So we thank you for that. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Powerful prayer time. Well, uh, again, totallytransformed.org for signing up for the next Freedom Friday, which is August 24th, 2018. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there. That's going to be a great event. So check that out and uh, join us next time for the Totally Transformed podcast. <laughs>